Welcome to the Doctors of Running podcast, where we, a group of doctors of physical therapy, discuss the art and science of running and the stuff that we put on our feet. If you are just joining into this episode and didn't listen to the last week's, you are actually joining in partway through a discussion on our favorite picks for running shoes in 2023. So if you are just listening to this and didn't listen to last week, highly recommend jumping back over so you can hear Andrea, Matt, and David talk about their favorite daily trainers, stability shoes, and performance trainers. Today, they're going to be going through their top picks for long and short distance racing shoes, as well as trail shoes. So there's a lot to come on the docket. And again, we just want to give a huge thank you to all of you who've been on this journey with us. It really is the thing that allows us to keep moving forward is the way that you follow and you visit our website and you follow us on YouTube and all of that stuff makes a difference in making it worth our time to be able to continue to make content uh, because it's a ton of fun for us but it also takes a lot of time. So we really appreciate your support. If you're looking for a further way to support us, you can visit our coffee site. So it's ko-fi.com slash doctors of running. That just allows you to provide a one-time donation to our work. There is no obligation to do so, but we do want to welcome you to do that if you're thinking of a way that you want to contribute to the work that we do further. So let's, let's jump right in. Let's go hear from Matt Andrea and David about their top racing shoes and trail shoes from this year. All right, we're going to get a little bit more aggressive here. Are you two ready for racing shoes of the year? Do you want to do marathon or 5K, like 5K to half marathon first? Hmm. What do you think? Want to go up, like go from short to long or long to short? I think we normally do short to long so we could reverse it this time. All right, let's reverse it. Let's do marathon. Yeah, let's do marathon or long distance (laughs) stuff first. So since David went first, wait, who went first last time? I think I went first. Yeah, that's a great question. So you're all right, David, you are first now. I am first now. Yeah. All right. So um, I have three pairs of this shoe. So so we were saying earlier, like if you go and you end up buying a pair, chances are you like the shoe. Yeah. Um, for the marathon, I'm going Sock and Endorphin Elite. I feel like that's not a surprise. I feel like a lot of people know I like this shoe, um, especially for the marathon distance, half marathon distance too, but uh, very rhythmic. Like I think the Power on HG midsole, I like it better than the PB midsole because. I found the Endorphin Pro 3 to be a little bit kind of soft, compliant, mushy. I, I kind of, I didn't, I liked the shoe, but I just, I couldn't see myself racing in it. And all of that changed with the Endorphin Elite. And they are very different shoes. Like they're similar in some ways, but they are definitely different. Uh, much sharper toe spring in the Endorphin Elite up front. So you get kind of get this kind of forward rolling all the time. And then that HG midsole, I do feel like it's bouncier, but it's firmer. It doesn't compress as much. Like it doesn't feel as compliant. Uh, and then they also have that just kind of like a wide heel relatively for a racing shoe. And then it still streamlines into the midfoot. So it kind of still gives you kind of a speedy feel. And then it widens out into the forefoot. And great for just falling into rhythm and just staying there. I mean, like finding in that controlled speed up tempo type effort. Uh, and the lockdown's good too. I feel like, especially for marathon, there's plenty of room for swelling accommodation for the foot and the lockdown through the tongue and the lacing system. 
it holds you in there. If you are sensitive to heel counters, there really isn't one. There's this tiny little thing right here that gives you a little bit of support on the back to hold it. But besides that, really, it's just kind of like the very shallow heel cup in the sidewalls from the foam. So um, it's nice. It locks down good. It can fall into rhythm and just kind of go to work for a long time. And so if I can forget about what's on my feet, that's usually a good thing. And that's <laughs> kind of what this does for me. Sweet. Andrea? Uh, this will also be of no surprise to anyone who has ever listened to me talk about marathoning. The Nike Vaporfly 3. I've run two marathons in it this year, one half, and lots of workouts. Um, it's just, it's the best marathon shoe I've worn. Um, I really like the update that they made on it over version two, specifically shifting the forefoot platform medially. At first, when I heard that they did that, I thought, oh, they made it more stable. I'm going to hate it. But for whatever reason, that shift actually made it more comfortable. In the two and also in the one, I did get just like a little bit of soreness just behind my first MTP and like not enough to not wear it. But with version three, I don't get that at all. And this is the first marathon shoe where my feet don't hurt the day after a marathon. And that is remarkable. So um, what else do I love about it? One, it's light, uh, 5.6 ounces, I think, for a women's size eight. Um, they improve the fit of the upper too over versions one and two. This mesh kind of like stands up a little bit more on its own. So it has a little more volume than one and two. I always felt like the previous uppers they'd like crease a little bit and there would always be some sort of like irritation point on the dorsum of my foot. And that doesn't happen at all in this shoe. Um, traction is great on wet roads, which is really important because you never know what conditions are going to be on race day. Um, just, yeah, it, it does everything for me. I get more miles out of it than you would expect for a super shoe. This one, I think I stopped using after like, 160 or 170. I was debating whether to use it for uh, Philly after using it in grandma's and then training in it for my long runs. But I did like a 20 miler in it like six weeks before Philly. And it just felt like the midfoot had a little more give than I liked. So I got a fresh pair and oh yeah, that's the good old vapor fly that I remember. So um, good durability you can see the outsole. I really didn't chew it up that much. Um, this is my old pair that has like 170 miles on it. So yeah, hands down marathon shoe of the year for me. Sweet. I will say I should probably wait to do this for 5k, 10k, but the change <laughs> in the forefoot pattern does make it work a lot better on softer surfaces. So I know a lot of kids out there use this for cross country. I've done some, well, I've raced my students and I picked those who's doing a two mile race and found that the traction was actually plenty good for dirt and soft surfaces. It's not a trail shoe by any means, but if you need a little bit more traction, it's definitely improved from the prior version. However, I'm going to go and be super boring and, and have the same thing as David as the endorphin elite 
if I was going to run a marathon, this is the shoe I would grab. And there's a several reasons why. And David alluded to pretty much all of them where I personally, as much bounce as there is in this foam, I like something that just feels like on the firmer side of that. And so this has it. It's not a firm shoe by any means, but it just feels like the bounce a little bit more controlled and not out of your face. But you'll run this and go, I don't know where this is coming from pace wise. It's very, you know, it's a great shoe. It feels fine actually doing a warm up in, but once you start running fast, it's the shoe really comes alive and it's been really great. Though for me, this is very stable neutral, as at least as stable neutral as a super trainer like this or super racer, I'm sorry, can do, where it's got sidewalls that wrap around the entire length of the shoe. The midfoot is filled in and the lateral forefoot is not. The base is really wide. Heel does a really great job. So I this has been a really great shoe for me. I will say the one caveat is the traction isn't very good, as I found yeah. on track and wet surfaces. But I live in Southern California, so that usually hasn't been too much of a problem. But this kind of blows everything else out of the water in terms of like just a shoe that I kept grabbing. So a lot of majority of my races this year, even though this is a marathon shoe and I've really raced like 5K, 10K stuff, it's just, I've grabbed this going, I, oh my, like, oh no, a high school student showed up. I don't want to get my butt kicked. I'm grabbing the Endorphin Elite. <laughs> so that worked out sometimes. It didn't work out so well recently, but that's also because I chose, I didn't, cho- you know what? I should have chosen this one for the recent rates I did. Maybe if I, I wouldn't have lost, but you know, there's that. <laughs> yeah. So that, that's yeah, totally what it that's is. The only the reason, not that I was totally like not in the shape relevant <laughs> to be able to compete against the guys that showed up, but yeah, Endorphin Elite is definitely my like long distance super shoe racing shoe of the year. All right. What about runner ups for all of you? Yeah, runner-up for me was pretty easy. Um, my runner-ups the Vaporfly three. So <laughs> um, I agree completely with Andrea. Uh, those that have been following us, like, no, I didn't really like the Vaporfly two that much, and I couldn't figure out why people liked it so much. I was like, I was like, this thing is super tight. The heel slips around. Like it, the, the upper is crinkly, right? Like the traction is doesn't even feel that good. It's like kind of hoofy and like kind of almost like scratchy. I was like, I just, I didn't get it. I tried, I tried to give it multiple chances. I'm like, am I missing something? And I just never came around to it. And uh, Vaporfly 3 changed a lot of that. So I know it's been kind of a polarizing shoe because of that. Because some people did really like the Vaporfly 2 and didn't like the 3 as much. But for me, them shifting that millimeter medially on the forefoot there was huge. That helped stabilize some of the shoe. That upper is way more airy and a lot more volume. It doesn't feel like it's encroaching that midfoot or the volume's too low in the forefoot like I would get in the second version. And the materials around it are just a lot more comfortable in general. Like it just feels nicer on your foot. And then traction as well. I mean, that definitely was noticeable. I would say like if you were on wet surfaces right now, this is probably one of the better, maybe the best outsole traction you can get on a super shoe at the moment. without sacrificing a bunch of weight. So uh, Vaporfly 3 was good, and it kind of came down as I was deciding for the marathon. I'm like, what am I going to wear? You know, And then I came down to just, honestly, comfort. I was like, oh, I'm just, I feel better in the Endorphin Elite. Came as simple as that. But yeah, I'd say Andrew? it's a little more speedy, though. Oh, got it. Andrew? Well, um, since you guys both chose the Endorphin Elite as your top shoe, I've got to say, I love how that shoe rides too. I just had a couple fit issues with it. Like, I feel like I was between sizes in it, so my foot would slide around. And the little pillow around the Achilles just felt like it angled in a little too much for me. Um, but, like, the ride of that shoe is amazing. So, 
maybe with a little tweaks version two, maybe it'll move up my list, but um, I appreciate your choices. But for me, my runner-up shoe is a shoe I have not run a marathon in yet, but I very likely will run a marathon in it in a couple months. And that is the Mizuno Rebellion Pro 1. Uh, This shoe is very uh, different than the other shoes we've been talking about. It's got this pretty crazy heel bevel here. Um, When I first got it for testing, I was like, how on earth am I going to run in that shoe? And David, you know, over and over would be like, it's fine. You'll be fine. <laughs> and he... <laughs> I remember this. Literally something he yeah. said. I literally would say in messages, yeah. it's fine. <laughs> You'll be And he right. is right. Like this, it makes it look like there's no heel. But really, like, especially because I land further forward, like where the bevel hits, it just feels so natural for me to land and then roll forward. And it doesn't have an aggressive rocker feeling, which is kind of crazy based on how it looks, but it just really lines up nicely with my mechanics. Um, So I've been doing, you know, some of my workouts and long runs in this uh, heading into Osaka. I'm basically deciding between version one and version two, which uh, is not a 2023 shoe. Um, It'll be released uh, in early 2024. Little different changes to the geometry in the upper, but yeah, this people will look at this shoe and be like, no way, I can't run in it. But as David told me, and he was right, it's fine. So I would definitely encourage people to try it out because it's it has definitely surprised me with how much I enjoy using it for definitely marathon effort. Running faster in it feels a little weird because I definitely get more up on my toes when I run faster, like even 10K pace. But like, marathon or half marathon pace this is this is really nice yeah i did a half in that shoe oh that's right yeah 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 um it's a nice shoe i mean it was honestly like one of those ones that kind of just missed the list you know too many good super shoes yeah so I didn't know what to expect with this. So for those who can't see, my runner-up shoe is the Hoken Rocket X2. And so there's a couple reasons for this. It didn't, it wasn't the fastest shoe, which is why I frequently chose the Endorphin Elite over it. But there actually was a race that I did do in this shoe that I actually really, really enjoyed. So my biggest thing for this is if you like a lower drop shoe, even though it's a five millimeter drop, it does feel very low, right? And I think that's because the toast for the, the four foot rocker is a little late. So it makes it feel like almost like you're kind of getting over a speed bump, which for me, when I'm getting on my toes and moving one and move quick actually feels good. But this stable neutral wise is also phenomenal. The sidewalls come up pretty high. It does a really good job. Soles fair, like fairly, like relatively doesn't narrow throughout. And then just a nice aggressive ride that I've liked for both. 5k efforts which to my typical resistance and longer efforts where i just wanted something i could trust and have it get out of the way so i think hoka in their first real super shoe has actually done a really really great job the one thing i would ask of them is go can you make this a little bit lighter first of all because there's rumor that there is a basically hoka alpha fly equivalent that they might be working on but i i really enjoyed this and also there was the volume of the shoe is quite low so I do like it, but the one thing is that it does feel a little bit low on the shoe. A little spiky. A little spiky-ish. And then this upper like weirdly sweats. I don't know what it is. Like when I'm running in it, it's like get this like kind of weird like like foam 
on top of it. And I haven't figured out what that is. I don't know. Maybe this is like a pathological <laughs> problem with me and I shouldn't be saying this. But yeah, the shoe kind of like – there's like this weird white foam that shows up sometimes. And I'm like, I don't know what that is. It's not me, I don't think. But just some just some things, some mild needs of refinement. Also, durability has been really, really good. So this is my runner-up. Didn't quite beat the Endorphin Elite, but it's also a really awesome attempt from Hoka that I got to give them credit for and excited to see where they go now that they're using P-backs. All right. Are we ready for 5K to half marathon racing shoes? Yes. All right. Andrew, I'm going to have you go first this time. We'll just switch back right. and forth. So my top 5K to half marathon shoe is not a 2023 shoe. I'll just preface that. But my top 2023 shoe for this distance is without question the On Cloud Boom Echo 3. Uh, I My top shoe, by the way, is the Alpha Fly 1. Um, but obviously that is not a 2023 shoe. Yeah, Alpha 1. <laughs> Man. OG. Oh, yep, yeah. It's great. Whew. But this shoe is actually really close in ride for me to the Alpha Fly 1. Um First of all, this shoe has a nine and a half millimeter drop, which would typically mean that I'm not going to like it. But even when I'm running slow in it, I don't notice the heel at all. And it's because you can see that it's got like not a huge heel bevel, but it's got one. Like it really just gets the heel out of the way for me. Um, and when I land, it just feels like I can land on the midfoot. There's no interference from the heel. And it's just, it's pretty firm. Like, this isn't a soft shoe. So you just land. It's really snappy. It rocks your forward. It ha- It's not the same feel as, like, the AirPods and the Alpha Fly, but it's that same, like, firm bounce and roll feeling. So, you know, it's not the Alpha Fly 1, but it's 2023's version of the Alpha Fly 1 for me. Um, I was really thinking about using it for the New Haven 20K, <laughs> And then I decided to use the Vaporfly 3, actually. Um, But I hope to use it in a uh, shorter race soon so that I can give you guys a real update on how it is for shorter distances. But the ride's great. Um, I do have concerns about outsole durability. I've got about 50 miles on them. I mean, it's not terrible, but I don't think they're going to last as long as my Vaporflies. And I know that Matt has... uh, Yes, worn off most of the rear foot of his shoe. Um, so we'll see how long it lasts. On says that it will last for four marathons. So I don't know. Maybe I'll get 100 Maybe miles. Take 100. Maybe I won't, but I'll let you guys know. But it's my 2023 pick for shorter distances. Sweet. David? I might actually go last because I think I'm going to break the rules. What do you what mean? Rules? What, what rules? I don't have one. I have a three-way tie. <laughs> okay, go for your three-way tie. Let's see. <laughs> so situation dependent. So yeah. actually, it's a two-way tie with a tie for the other two, whatever. Um, I'm just going to say, let me grab this one real quick. So the one that's a standalone. And then the reason why is because 5Ks and 10Ks can look different, whether it's a cross-country course on the road there can be a lot of turns depending on the neighborhood or how the races are structured if it's going to be kind of more of a technical 5k where you're doing a lot of turns maybe it's a little wet outside whatever like kind of your terrain uh uh not terrain proof but you're like your shoe that you're going to be taken out if it's rugged out is the takumi sen 9 for me 
Now, it's a little bit lower than some of the other super shoes. It has really good traction underfoot. It locks down really well. And the shoe just feels really nimble and you're able to corner really well. And so if I'm running a race like that, there's no question I'm taking the Takumi Sen 9. However, (laughs) that's where this three-way tie comes in. Because if it's not a course like that, then other shoes start coming into the picture. Um, so technical courses, or if I had to run some kind of a cross 5k to 8k or something, I'm probably going to choose the Takumi Sen 9 if I'm not spiked up. Uh, now the other one's a two-way tie. And if it's a course that doesn't have that much turns, or it's really one that you can kind of almost time trial it, just get in and put the work in, the two-way tie is between the Vaporfly Next% 3 and the OnCloud Boom Echo 3. So both really responsive shoes both really can turn over and i've run two really solid four mile efforts in both of these just fine and like it they're those type of shoes that the more you put into it the more it responds and you don't get that out of a lot of shoes and i really notice it in the cloud boom echo three but that foam is it's a little bit firmer and i will say it's also the platform is a little bit more streamlined and if you do have some stability concerns or some fatigue resistance, like that's where I do notice that the Cloud Boom Echo 3 can kind of fight you a little bit. It almost reminds me of like the Audios Pro 2, where it was like really, really fun until it wasn't. And so <laughs> that's why that's like a 5K, 10K option for me. If I could hold it down for a marathon, that could easily be on that list too. But I just don't quite feel comfortable putting that shoe on for a marathon yet. Uh, next percent three applies all the same things. A little bit more of a comfortable fitting upper. I will say, I think it's a little bit less responsive if you're like really pushing into the ground than the Cloud Boom Echo 3, but we're we're twisting hairs. I mean, they're both really good racing shoes. Um, traction's a little bit better on the Vaporfly. There's, I, I, the traction's not bad on the Cloud Boom Echo 3. It actually, those little knobs do pretty well. And I have, I think, 70 to 80 miles on this one. So I think that 100 mile... Um, uh, prognosis is is pretty accurate because I'm starting to wear through the heel here. I'm biting into the foam a little bit more and that forefoot's starting to get a little bit slippery and I don't really beat up shoes. So I feel like that 100 mile for most people is probably going to be pretty accurate. But um, yeah, they're both just really solid options, both light, both responsive, and they both can get it done if you're putting it to the pavement. Um, neither of them corner that great. So like if you're taking sharp corners or you got a lot of U-turns, that's why I had that caveat with the Takumi Sen. Cause if you're having to do a lot of cornering, the Cloud Boom Echo, especially, I do not corner very well in that shoe. Um, Vaporfly, I'm a little better at cornering in, but it still isn't that great. So I would say if you're, yeah, technical courses, Takumi Sen 9, two-way tie, pick your poison for the Cloud Boom Echo 3 or Vaporfly if it's not a technical course. Can't go wrong with either. So I'd say I'm going to kind of semi-do what David did a little bit, um, where for some of the shorter efforts I did, the Vaporfly 3 for sure was a shoe that I I grabbed. So I did a two-mile race against my students from West Coast, and I told and I let them do – so it was two miles for me. It was a half mile for a, a relay team that was racing me, and I managed to hold them off, and I was freaking out about what I was going to choose, and I did choose – the Nike Vaporfly 3. However, the caveat to this and why I'm going to split this is 
this shoe, like beyond like a mile and a half, two miles is just not stable enough for me. Like I need a lot better, more stability in the heel. And with how narrow this thing is, the fatigue hit me. Like I used it for a 5k recently. You could see I was doing fine through about a mile. And then my mechanics just, I like was, it was not stable enough for me. So for shorter stuff, 5k up to half, I think this would be a great option for a lot of people. I would not personally, I know Andrew and David, you guys like it for marathon stuff. I would never use it, but for, like shorter stuff, it is fast stuff about stuff that I think it does really, really well. The only challenge is if I want something a little close to the ground, that's where it kind of misses that. And so I was going between the Takumi Sen 9 and something else. The Takumi Sen 9 is great. It's one of the lighter of these shoes on the market, but a shoe that I've continued to grab, even though it's super low drop and I feel like it's always not going to work for me, has actually been the Hoka Celia Road. It's something that I've actually really, yeah, really, really enjoyed. Shoe. Where not plated, by the way, but still really stiff with this uh, firmer super foam. It feels lighter than the listed weight. And I've measured it. And I'm like, this doesn't feel like, I think it's like listed at like 7.8 ounces, 7.7. And I'm like, that doesn't feel right. But uh, tell me if I'm wrong on that. Maybe I, David, I feel they like they changed I'm, their sample size. I think the size right? so size ten. That makes sense. Got it. So the actual probably I think is like that might be what it is. Low seven, but it's just been a really fun, snappy shoe. The only my only thing is it just feels like it fits a teeny bit long, but that might be because the toe box is surprisingly wide. Um, but yeah, I really enjoyed this as a shorter distance shoe, and I'm kicking myself for never having the guts to actually use it in one of the five Ks. Um, just because it's a good shoe. I always freak out and go, oh my gosh, there's a high schooler here. And then, you know, grab Vaporfly or something like that. But <laughs> yeah, it's a really great shoe. I think Hoka has done a really good job of bringing some faster stuff to market. And like I'm going to say again, I'm excited to see where they go with the lessons they've learned from these shoes because this is a really great option. Speaking of high school, just want to give a shout out. Santa Barbara High School won a uh, state in California for Division Two this year. So, Wow, nice yeah, shot. That, that's, that's pretty good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was yeah. like... I didn't realize they were that good, so I feel That's bad. great. But <laughs> so we are going to fast track a little bit because I think we just did multiple shoes there. So let's talk about our last category, which is trail shoe of the year. So do you two mind if I go first on go this one? So I, I'm going to pull David again, where I'm kind of between two things. Where one of the shoes that I've really, really enjoyed. This is not a 2022 shoe. This is not a 2023. It's 2022 is the Endorphin Edge has been kind of a go-to shoe for me. There's also been some stuff that I've tested this year that's coming out, might come out later in 2024 that I've been like, wow, this is really amazing. But a shoe that I kept grabbing repeatedly was the Saucony uh, Peregrine 13, which to be honest with you, I've actually never liked a Peregrine. I've always kind of hated them, where they've just felt too low drop, didn't feel right for me. The Peregrine 13 felt fit just right. I don't know what they're doing, but it rolled super nicely. This is a shoe that I was really worried when I started running in because I broke my toe that I wasn't going to be able to handle this. And it was really comfortable. I feel like you go great distance than it is. So I was really impressed. So the Peregrine 13 has been a consistent shoe. I've continued to grab this done extremely well. But the shoe it really tied with was the Nike. Um, oh my gosh. Why am I blanking? On, I thought uh, it was your shoe of the year, dude. Come on. Yeah, it is. I mean, you, it's, it's tied. My brain's not you working. You it so much. Yeah. Just forgot um, the name. I, I'm just trolling you. It's the Ultrafly. You're good. <laughs> I can't I believe you. I just <laughs> forgot the name of the shoe that I really enjoyed. So I've got almost 100 miles on my pair of like half road stuff as well. Durability has been really good. It doesn't feel 
like a like a racing shoe would to me. It feels like an ultra marathon shoe, which I think it's how it's designed. Where you just yeah, put it on and you like can it's just call the ultra fly. Yeah, ultra. Fly. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, I'm a parent I'm now. Sorry. I don't sleep at all. Like I'm also doing a PhD. Give a break. But the what I really loved about this shoe and kind of why it borderline. And I had to actually. I think now I'm gonna decide. I'm gonna have to give this shoe the thing over the Paragon 13. The the toe box was really comfortable and wide. Upper is super secure. There's a flexible heel counter back here. And the Zumax doesn't feel like I hesitate to use super foams for uh, training shoes, uh, training runs, because I don't like how stiff I feel afterwards. But this never did that to me. And it felt great on no matter what surface I used it on. It had enough weight that made it sturdy and didn't feel like I was cheating, but also it was just a shoe I could hit long miles in. So I'm actually going to have to finally decide because I'm trying to decide. With the Ultrafly being my top trail shoe of the year and the Peregrine 13 being a very close second, both really good jobs from both companies. Sweet. I can't believe well, I forgot I'll, uh, what the name of it was right as I pull it. <laughs> I'll, I'll go oh next gosh. just because <sighs> Sorry, my Nikki. pick is the Ultrafly. So, <laughs> yeah, I think I don't ever really associate trail shoes as being cozy and like comfortable and they. It is. It's like the Zoom X is compliant, but it doesn't feel so much so that the shoe's unstable. I think they did a good job of kind of keeping it like a wide base. They had some like little sidewalls built in. I don't know what the heck is on the Zoom X um, outer casing there. It's kind of almost like fabric-y, right? Like, oh, yeah. They've got that. Well, they created yeah. a film there to protect the Zoom X, which is really yeah. cool because you don't want things puncturing into it. So there's there's some type of film covering to protect that. Right. And the upper, it does a good job of locking down without feeling restrictive. And it's still breathable and airy. And like, I don't hesitate at all. Like if I'm going on a trail run, like, and I, and granted, I don't really run that many trails anymore, being that I'm kind of more road and track focused. But um, when I am like, if I know I'm going to be doing, you know, 10 plus miles on solid trail, I do take the ultra fly. That's kind of what I grab. And so it's kind of one I keep reaching for. And like you said, even though it's a super foam and there's a plate and it's stiff, it doesn't really feel that way afterwards either. Like, yeah, it, it feels, feels like, a training, like a training shoe in a way. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Like, so it's honestly just a really comfortable shoe. Like, I kind of forget that I'm even running on trails sometimes. Like, it just, it's nice. So that's my pick there, the Ultrafly. Well, Sweet. I'm going to keep us from all agreeing on this category. Um, I don't run a ton of trails anymore either, but when I do, like the trails in the Northeast are very technical. It's all roots and rocks. Like there's no beautiful dirt trails like what David runs on. Like you need, you need a shoe that's <laughs> going to give you traction and give you confidence. So I was really impressed with this shoe. So my choice is the Saucony Exodus Ultra 2. Um, in the past, when I was running a lot of trails, the Peregrine was actually my go-to shoe. Loved it. I felt like it was a trail Kinvara. Um, and I did like this year's Peregrine. But what I really like about this one is little higher stack. And I like the fit of this better than the Peregrine. I feel like the Peregrine and the Kinvara actually have gotten a little bit narrower and lower volume in the forefoot, which never works for me. And and I am also aware that most people think the opposite of the Exodus Ultra 2 than I do. I tested the version one 
And I felt like it was really loose in the midfoot and tight in the toe box. And it was just uncomfortable. Like it felt unsecure and too tight. Version two, they fixed it really secure in the midfoot. It's got this like great midfoot wrap. The tongue, it feels almost kind of like neoprene the way it like hugs your foot. It's not neoprene, but whatever material they used, it just, it really secures your foot, which is, of course is super important for a trail shoe. And it also feels like they gave the forefoot a little more volume and it's just, it's so comfortable. If I'm going to run trails, this is the shoe. The uh, midsole is Peabon. It's the Power Run PB. It doesn't feel like a super foam. You know, it's not, it doesn't feel like the Endorphin Edge by any means, which that's another shoe that I really love running trails in. Um, it's just, it's cushioned, it's responsive. It protects you from the ground, but you still feel the ground because, of course, you need to feel what you're landing on so you don't sprain your ankle like I have many times. So they just really knocked it out of the park with this one in terms of fit, ride, cushioning. So, yep, if I'm running trails, this is the shoe I run in. That's awesome. So for those listening, those are our top picks of 2023. Wait, and what about runner-ups? Oh, you want to still want to do runner-ups? I thought we we're going too long. We're yeah, like an hour right. and 20. All right, fine. Yeah, I don't You're, we're in it for the long run now. So we're going back to uh, marathon why, distance. Why change now? We've been All right, doing fine. this the entire All right. episode. All right, fine. What's your, what's your run? I already said <laughs> my runner-up. Give what they want, Klein. Fine. Come on. What's your runner-up? Yeah, we're going to have like a two-hour episode. <laughs> it's a best-of episode. We're fine. fine. All right. It'll be fine. Yep. <laughs> what, what, is, what are your runner-up? trail shoes of 2023 yeah i'll keep it quick don't worry (laughs) (laughs) i'm actually really happy andrea brought up the exodus ultra as her pick because that one would have just missed my runner-up so that's my number three for the year i really like the exodus ultra it's got good traction and then granted this is the first version with run shield but if i'm running technical terrain and i know i'm going to get wet like when i went to hawaii that's what i took um, so if I know I'm running through technical stuff, like the Exodus Ultra is my pick there. Um, but the Stinson, I don't know, a little bit of Stinson love. <laughs> it's <laughs> ultra and that's going to be the runner up kind of by default. It's like ultra fly is like trail specific. Stinson is like, well, it, and this was another one that almost made my daily training list too. Like it's kind of like just barely missing, like winning. Oh, I won the stability category. So for me. Um, but yeah, a lot of love for the Stinson, but a lot of love for the Exodus Ultra too. So that that also just missed as well. Got it. I feel like we need a special section where like sh- sh- uh, shoes that David takes into places they're not supposed to or like categories they're not supposed to be part of. Best of for yes. David. <laughs> just kidding. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, it was an endorphin like ben- speed one down technical mountain. <laughs> yeah, trails. yeah. Yeah, David's not smart. Best. <laughs> actually, this is not a joke. We should do David's best road shoes for trail. I feel like that would yes. be a great like write up that we should do. I feel Dude, like people Nike would actually structure the new Nike structure is so yes, good. actually yeah. for, for like trail for efforts, that yes. purpose. Yeah, yeah. I'm serious. I think you should do that write up. I think that people right. would like that. All right, Andrew, do you have a, a runner up? I would say for 2023, the Peregrine, what is it, the 13 was this year's version. Yeah. That's my runner-up. It's, even though I said the toe box is narrow, it wasn't uncomfortable for me. And like, if I was doing like a trail 5K, I would use, well, if I was doing a trail race, I would use the Endorphin Edge. But if I was doing a trail race in a 2023 shoe, then it would be the Peregrine. It's light. 
you're low to the ground, you can feel the ground, it's got a little bit of flex. It has really good grip, like it performs really well in mud. I tested the ST version of that shoe as well, which just has deeper lugs. Oh, it's great. But I mean, there are so few situations where you actually would need the ST version because the regular Peregrine, you can run through a mud puddle and like not slip in it. So I, yeah. I have done that. Me too, many times. (laughs) My Peregrines look like I've done that now. Um, Because we got them right around the time when it flooded here. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That, that was some sloppy footing. Yeah, yeah it's, it's a very underrated shoe, I think. Like, it's, you can use it as your daily trainer if you're a trail runner, but it's also a great trail racer as well. I would definitely agree. And, and to follow up on that, we got them in when Southern California got smashed by a bunch of water and rain. So for me, where I live in Monrovia, the trails are pretty steep. And when they get wet, it becomes like a slop fest or whatever you want to call it. Like it's just can be very technical and very difficult. They often, I'm going to say this on the podcast, they uh, close the trails. But those of us who are running around here know how to get around the closures and we'll still go run on stuff. So uh, Uh, yeah, it's fine. So (laughs) yeah. So when you really want technical security, the Peregrine's actually done really, really well, which I was very surprised with because they kind of assumed in the past it'd be kind of more of like snow moderate to, but for mud and stuff like that has been absolutely awesome and did extremely well i just wish i didn't have a white upper but you make it work the upper actually cleans super well i will admit that i like it it drains really well and then also like washes like, i didn't like have to wash it but i scrubbed it with a toothbrush and it came off right away so <laughs> off topic best shoot easiest shoe to clean of uh, yeah, easiest <laughs> toothbrush cleaning shoe yeah of the year <laughs> <laughs> Not with an active toothbrush, it's an old toothbrush, oh, just, just clarifying know. that for people who are grossed out. But <laughs> I was concerned right. about that. Any last thoughts? Uh, I would just echo that the Peregrine is also a great snowshoe. I've run in like mm-hmm. six inches of snow on trails, no wow. issues. My friend and I were That's out awesome. there and people were like, how are you guys running in this? I don't know. It's the shoe. Yeah. <laughs> Peregrine. <laughs> All right. So thank you everyone for making it through an almost 90 minute podcast and episode with us, which we just had a lot to say. So this, that, those are our best of for 2023 for daily trainer, stability slash stable neutral, performance trainer, marathon, long distance racer, and 5K (laughs) to half marathon racer. Am I messing stuff up already? No, you just listed a lot of things. So I I think our time is just boom, 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 boom. boom. That's fair. We did like, like five episodes in one with some extra stuff. So bonus content as well so we appreciate that and we have to also admit there's this has been a really great year for running shoes there's been some really cool stuff that's coming out mentioned some unique geometries as a la the uh wave rebellion pro from mizuno there's some super cool stuff that and some ideas around stability that's definitely changing daily trainers and performance trainers are changing as we're starting to see super foams come into daily trainers which we haven't really seen at this at this volume before and so things are we're definitely seeing some cool stuff coming out what we're really excited for i personally see is what's going to continue on in 2024 we are just beginning to test 
2024 stuff. As Andrew has mentioned, as you've probably seen us slowly starting to debut stuff out in terms of the reviews. But there's even more cool stuff coming. So we hope you'll be able to stick around with us, continue watching. We'll still have a couple other episodes coming out this year and some best of and some great conversations. But for a moment, we hope you enjoyed that best of for 2023 and hope you follow us on all the different social media channels so you can follow us. That Bach does a phenomenal job of emphasizing, like, I still amazed that LinkedIn has taken off. That's like one of our more popular areas where you get all the people from the industry like sh- like shouting out stuff. That's really cool. But obviously, we've got stuff like Instagram, Facebook, all the classic areas. We're still on Strava in the Run Club. There, we're all over the place. I think Fox still has the TikTok. I do this every every single time. It's everywhere. So any place you want to follow us, be it on Spotify, iTunes, you want to find this podcast, or on YouTube, you can also find a lot of our reviews, including the sub twos and various reviews. Please give us a check out. We've always got cool stuff coming out, and this and the next year is going to be no different. We hope you have a safe and happy holidays, and appreciate you following along. And that's a wrap. That is all of their favorite shoes from this year, both from the last episode and this episode, talking about the shoes that came out this year that made a splash in our individual running lives, as well as talking a little bit about what they may mean for different types of runners. As always, we love to try to create content that helps people find shoes that work best for them, knowing that there isn't a true best shoe. There's just ones that work best for certain individuals. So we hope you enjoyed all of this content, and we look forward to continued conversations in the future about the science of the stuff that we put on our feet.